0: invenya mamagi
1: Hello, everyone. This is Bartok again, as your guest host for Treks and Sci-Fi episode number 357 on November 13, 2011. For today's guest podcast, I'm going to talk about one of the most accomplished composers and music producers alive and producing today, Hans Florian Zimmer. What you may not know is how many movie scores he has composed or helped to produce. In the 27 years he has been working, and when you hear the titles, you may be surprised. But I am jumping ahead. Let's back up to his early history first. Hans was born on September 12, 1957, in Frankfurt, Germany, and is 53 years old today at the time of this podcast. His father died when he was just a child, and Hans says he escaped into music and music has been his best friend ever since. As a teenager, Hans moved to London, England, where he went to the Hertwood House, a very small private coeducational educational college renowned for a two-year pre-university course for students aged 16 to 19. It is especially renowned for outstanding theater and media departments. In 1977, at about age 20, Hans joined a new wave band called The Buggles as an instrumentalist, a band now chiefly remembered for their 1979 debut single called Video Killed the Radio Star, which was also the very first video to be shown on MTV in 1981. One story is that the name of The Buggles was a play on The Beatles. Another story is that band member Trevor Horn said, It was the most disgusting name I could think of at the time.
2: I
0: heard you on the wireless back in 52 Lying awake and tuning in on you If I was young, it didn't stop you coming through.
1: In 1977, Hans joined an Italian new wave band called Chrisma, and was a featured synthesis for Chrisma's third album, Cathode Mama. He also worked in 1980 with the electronic new wave band, Heldon. In 1980, Hans also co-produced music for the UK punk band, The Damned, on a single called The History of the World, Part 1. Now, let's listen to Hans talking about his early history.
3: I went to school in Germany, but um, I finally ended up in school in England, and I just loved it there, and I just stayed there. And it, it seemed, you know, the rock and roll capital of the world, London certainly was at the time. And of course, I instantly got typecast being German. I had to play synthesizers when I really wanted to be a rock guitarist. But I was a lousy rock guitarist, so this was probably a blessing. And after having a very short-lived career in rock and roll, and it, it really was, you know, it the, it wasn't what, it, what what I thought it was going to be. Everything you see in Spinal Tap is the truth. <laughs> it is the most profound and accurate documentary on the music business I've ever seen. Um, and the film stuff was more interesting, and the. Directors in a funny way were more interesting to talk to because they didn't really want to talk about the next drum kit They were going to buy or any of that stuff. I mean, they actually wanted to talk about story and images and I had this sort of suspicion that You know, okay, this this is a very controversial thing to say But maybe we got it wrong in the last hundred years when we figured out how to record music because we suddenly you know would buy these things we would only listen to as opposed to seeing the performers and uh, you know I, I think one of the Trevor Horn's brilliant ideas during the video kill the radio star days was to actually make a video and to attach images to music in that way but of course film was doing that all the time and being fairly arrogant I kept thinking you know oh this is a really good job to get into because these you know hundred million dollar images are going to complete my music Um but which is not quite what I was thinking then. I was just, you know, um, I was just trying to survive, to be honest. You know, I mean, my, my daughter actually asked me recently, you know, what, you know, she, she just left school and she wants to be an artist. And, you know, what, what is it like to be a starving musician? And you suddenly realize that at the time you don't think about it at all because everybody around you is starving musicians. And somehow you figure it out because you don't even notice because you're doing music, you're doing the thing you love. Um, and you're probably highly unsuitable to have a real job.
1: While living in London, Hans was also writing jingles for the advertising agency Air Adel Associates. Then during the 1980s, he partnered with a prolific film composer named Stanley Myers, who himself wrote scores for over 60 films. These two co founded Lily Yard, a recording studio where they combined traditional orchestral sound with electronic instruments, a theme to me that has become Hans' trademark composing style. In 1987, Hans composed one of his most enduring tunes by creating the TV game show theme song for Going for Gold. Here is a bit of that song. Perhaps some of our UK fans will remember this one. During a BBC interview, Zimmer noted, Going for gold was a lot of fun. It's the sort of stuff you do when you don't have a career yet. God, I just felt so lucky because this thing paid my rent for the longest time. Earlier, I mentioned several times that Hans is also famous for being a music producer. So, what exactly is a music producer? Well, some definitions would say that a music producer is to music as a film director is to a film. The music producer can be responsible for the creation of the music. He or she may be a competent composer, arranger, songwriter, and will coordinate with the sound engineer during the technical creation of the music on a sound mixing board. The music producer might also help to direct the recording of the sound, influence the play of the music, and even modify the sound in post-production. That is to say, For some of the film scores I'm going to talk about, Hans Zimmer may have been the composer, may have co-composed the score with others, or he may have been involved with the production of the music. Now, to say that Hans Zimmer is prolific is an understatement. Using the IMDB database, he has over 140 entries. He has composed or produced music for over 100 movies many major blockbusters with famous Hollywood stars. In his most prolific years of 1988 and 2011, he is credited with 10 entries in each of those years, and in most years he averages about 5 to 6 scores. That's just plain insane. So you'll have to forgive me if I don't mention in this podcast all of Hans Zimmer's works. Now back to his early history. In 1987, Hans created his first solo movie score for the film Terminal Exposure, and his film career was launched. Also in 1987, Hans was the score producer for the film The Last Emperor, which won an Academy Award for Best Score. Hans' big break came in 1988 when a famous Hollywood director literally came knocking at his door. Let's listen.
3: I did a small independent film in England called A World Apart, and Barry Levinson's wife, Diana, saw the movie and she really liked the music and she bought him the CD and um, he kept thinking that it was the rights of music for Rain Man and literally I met him in London. He, uh, he had my address, he didn't even have my phone number, he just <laughs> turned up um, and wow. asked me if I wanted to come to Hollywood and do this Rain Man thing.
2: What must it have been like to have Barry Levinson on here? Just show up on your doorstep. Actually,
3: uh, you know, look, honestly, (laughs) you know, my studio used to be down this dark, really narrow alley uh, in this really dodgy neighborhood in London. Um... And so there's this knock on the door at eleven o'clock at night, and there's this guy standing there going, "Hi, my name is Barry Levinson. I'm a filmmaker in Hollywood." And I'm, I'm thinking, "Yeah, right," you know. And then I look behind him, and there are these two enormous limos sort of squeezed into our tidy alley, and I'm thinking, "Ooh, maybe, maybe he really is," you know. So, so, it, you know, so it was, it, it was more the limos that convinced me. And, and he didn't think I wanted to come. He, you know, um, he thought all I wanted to do was, you know, make my little European art movies, which I loved. But, you know, hey, I mean, yes, absolutely. So I, so I came to Los Angeles and I didn't really know anybody here. And I, but I, you know, I, I worked on a fair light. I mean, the Fairlight was my thing. And, you know, so I just set it up in his office. So the Rain Ranch score was done in Barry's office. And it was a really nice way for him to work because, you know, he was used to people writing on paper and then you'd go to the orchestra session and that was really the first time you heard the thing, you know. And then if you didn't like something, there'd be a mad scramble with a hundred players in the orchestra sitting out there and you'd try to change things and it would inevitably end up some sort of dodgy compromise, you know. And here was this guy sitting in his office and just doing it, um... And, and really, the end of Rain Man is, is truly a sort of a Barry-Hans collaboration. because.
1: Hans notes, It was a road movie, and road movies usually have jangly guitars or a bunch of strings. I just kept thinking, don't be bigger than the characters. Try to keep it contained. The Raymond character doesn't actually know where he is. The world is so different to him. He might as well be on Mars. So why don't we just invent our own world music for a world that doesn't really exist? Next I would like to play for you, from Rain Man, part of the track titled Las Vegas Credits. In an interview, Hans Zimmer noted that after Rain Man, Ridley Scott offered me Black Rain and Blues Beresford offered me Driving Miss Daisy. I thought if I could do those two, and I literally did them in the same month, I don't think people will be able to typecast me. And the character was so similar to my mother. Whenever I ran out of things to write, I just phoned my mother and picked an argument with her. Here next is some of the end titles to Driving Miss Daisy. In 1989, Hans also composed some music to the movie Twister, the one starring Harry Dean Stanton, Susie Amis, and Crispin Glover. In 1990, Hans's compositions included Fools of Fortune, Days of Thunder, and Green Card, among others, 1991, Hans became involved with a movie called Backdraft, starring Kurt Russell, Robert De Niro, and William Baldwin. It's a story about two Chicago firefighters who just don't get along with each other, but who have to work together while a dangerous arsonist is on the loose. For this music, Hans won a BMI Film Music Award, and it is one of my top ten Hans Zimmer soundtracks. Also coming out in 1991 was the movie Thelma and Louise, a film starring Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. It is a roadshow about an Arkansas waitress and a housewife who shoot a rapist and then take off in a 1966 Thunderbird. Here is the main theme to Thelma and Louise. tells us, there was this guitarist named Pete Haycock. When I was a teenager, I just loved his playing. I would go through all his records and basically copy all his riffs. Nobody had really heard of him. I said to Ridley Scott, I'd love to use this guy. I phoned Pete up and he said, you want me to work on the whole movie? I said, yeah, how much would that cost? He said, $250. I told Ridley that he wants to do it for $250, and Ridley said, We can't do that. We have to pay him properly. It's probably the only time in Hollywood history where we negotiated somebody up. In 1992, Hans composed soundtracks to The Power of One, Spies Incorporated, Toys, and several other movies. The next year, in 1993, he composed for Point of No Return*. True Romance, and for six episodes of the TV series Space Rangers. In 1994, Hans Zimmer won an Oscar, Golden Globe, Grammy, and BAFTA awards for best music with The Lion King. I opened this podcast with the opening track from Lion King. When Hans Zimmer came
3: in and he brought in Levo M who gave us the opening call It immediately took you to Africa I mean at that point it wasn't a bunch of Hollywood people trying to do what we thought Africa should be it was somebody from that place who was able to express his feelings about that place. We wanted the freedom of this self-expression and, you know, just the, just the mass of these, you
1: know, these amazing singers. They just did an amazing thing with Elton's song and, and working in the the rhythmic chanting underneath, uh, just grounded the whole thing in Africa and gave it a, a spirit.
3: They didn't just hire me to just write the melodies and then, thank you very much, goodbye um it was um i was i felt as if i was part of it and that made me feel good about it and circle of life had to be both lyrically and musically a a strong powerful song that would also set some of the agenda for the film it's about succession about living about dying and the whole circle carrying on disney opened the film with it and play it for four or five minutes before you even get the title. We completely threw out a dialogue scene at the opening of the movie. Just completely threw it out and said, gee, let's, let's just go with the music. We were afraid that there was no way to recover from that unbelievable opening. It was just no recovery. And after we saw that, a lot of things happened in the movie to bring it up to the opening, which meant the whole movie was up to the opening, which meant it was fantastic.
1: Hans notes, we wanted to go to South Africa to record the choirs. It was just before the general election where apartheid finally was abolished. By then, after doing The Power of One, I had a police record in South Africa for doing subversive movies. I remember having this really straight meeting at Disney about who was going to finish the score when Hans got killed. I didn't get to go, so it broke my heart. Lebo, my partner, went. It was a week before the general election, it was a civil war at the time, and the choirs used to come to the studio and basically use it as a refuge. Subsequently, The Lion King went on to Broadway with Elton John and Tim Rice garnering awards and recognition. In 1995, Hahn's first movie composition starts with the blockbuster submarine movie, Crimson Tide, starring Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman. Denzel plays a young first officer on board a U.S. missile sub who stages a mutiny to keep his captain from launching his missiles. Here is a part of the track, Roll Tide. year 1996 saw the movie scores to Broken Arrow was John Travolta and Christian Slater, Muppet Treasure Island was Tim Curry, The Rock was Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage, The Fan with Robert De Niro and Wesley Stipes, and The Preacher's Wife was Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. Of these movies, I have to admit, I just really fell in love with the pirate music of Muppet Treasure Island. I want to play for you parts of three tracks from that movie called Treasure Island, Something Better, and Land Ho. See if you can't agree that these tracks are really great. Mm-hmm.
0: up each day and wonder what for It seems to me there must be something more Something more than stacks of dishes and washing this old floor If I had my pick of wishes I'd wish me out that door Cause I'm hungry for adventure and I'm fed up with this grind If I don't have some excitement soon, I'm gonna lose my mind. I want a life that's filled with thrills, that's wild and free. There's gotta be something better, something better. There's gotta be something better than this for me.
1: Just a few moments ago, I mentioned the soundtrack to the Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage movie, The Rock, which was co-composed with Nick Lenny Smith and Harry Gregson Williams. Here's a track called Jade, illustrating the breadth of Han's composing capabilities. In 1997, Hans wrote the music for The Peacemaker, starring George Clooney and Nicole Kidman, a movie about a U.S. Army colonel and a civilian woman supervising him, who must track down stolen Russian nuclear weapons before they are used by terrorists. Here is my favorite track from The Peacemaker titled Sarajevo. Another aspect of Hans Zimmer's music is his frequent use of cultural themes in his compositions. 1998, Hans composed the music for DreamWorks' The Prince of Egypt, which received a number of nominations for music. Later in 1998, Hans composed the music for The Thin Red Line, director Terrence Malick's adaptation of the James Jones' 1962 autobiographical novel focusing on the World War II conflict at Guadalcanal. It featured an all-star cast including Nick Nolte, Sean Penn, Woody Harrelson, and others, and earned Hans a Golden Satellite Award for Best Motion Picture Score. Here is one track called The Village, During a later interview, Hans related, It was probably the hardest thing I ever did. I recorded six and a half hours of music. I worked on it for a really long time. Part of it was Terence Malick really wanted music before he started shooting the movie. So I wrote one score before he shot the movie. We recorded the singing in the Solomon Islands. There are lots of horrible, nasty, creepy-crawly things there that will kill you in the Solomon Islands. The year 1999 turned out to be a light year, followed by three blockbusters in 2000, starting with the animated film The Road to El Dorado, with the voices of Kevin Kline, Kenneth Branagh, Edward James Olmos, and Elton John as the narrator. This movie won a Broadcast Film Critics Award for Best Score for Hans Zimmer. Here is one track I have chosen called Chel Dorado. And now, my favorite Hans Zimmer score of all. The year 2000 brought out Ridley Scott's movie, Gladiator, about a Roman general named Maximus, who is betrayed and his family is murdered by an emperor's corrupt son who feels the emperor loves Maximus more than his own son. Maximus was played by Russell Crowe, with Joaquin Phoenix perfectly playing the role of the emperor's son, Commodus. God, you know, writing...
3: Finding that first idea, I mean I was always saying that about the Oscar, I mean the Oscar would be this amazing thing if with the Oscar they gave you the first four bars of the next tune you have to write because they are impossible and you sit here and you're consumed by self doubt and you just know you can't ever do it again and that you're a fraud and you should be phoning, you should be phoning the studio right now and telling them, you know, find yourself a real composer, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then suddenly something happens. You know, it's it's like, and I don't know how it happens, but suddenly something is there that's appropriate for this film. I mean, it it happens to me on every movie. Um, I found a tape recently, which was just ideas for the Lion King, and there were 48 main themes on it. And, you know, they weren't bad, but they weren't right either. They weren't the right thing for that movie. And, I, I have an hour's worth of material which nobody will ever hear um, which I wrote for, for this movie which was nearly right but it wasn't quite you know it didn't quite f- you know it's it it's it, it was like a suit you know that you buy in a department store it looked all right but it didn't quite fit you know we're speaking, bes- you know we're speaking bespoke tailoring here. I take on the characters which is maybe not the healthiest thing to do you know I mean my wife would like love me to do just sex comedies but (laughs) you know because when I work on Gladiator actually I'll tell you this you know after after she saw she she saw Gladiator for the first time really recently she hadn't seen a frame of it and we had a preview and she came along and she said wow unbelievable what you know great music etc And then she sort of punched me on the shoulder why did you do that? She goes because now I know why he was so unbearable for the last six months.
1: The film Gladiator won five Oscars and another forty five wins. Co composed with Lisa Gerard, this tandem won five awards for the score. Here are two of my favorite tracks from the film. First is The Battle, followed by Elysium. Regarding the film Gladiator, Zimmer notes, The opening scene with the hand on the wheat, that didn't exist. It went from the title to straight into the battle. I kept saying, hang on a second, we can do something else, we can be more poetic. I said to Ridley, I'm going to give this to you as a gift. I did something at the beginning that says to you, it's not just a Gladiator movie, this is something special. So, the opening music set a tone. The third blockbuster for 2000 was the movie Mission Impossible 2. For this film, Hans was a conductor and a musician, while many of the composers in the film score company he founded called Remote Control Productions either composed or played. The year 2001 saw another banner year with six films being produced. Anthony Hopkins starred in the film Hannibal, as Dr. Hannibal Lecter, an insane genius who viciously kills and then eats his victims, earning him the sobriquet of Hannibal the Cannibal. Also starring were Julianne Moore as FBI agent Clarice Starling and Gary Oldman as Mason Berger. One track that stood out for me was the aria Vidae Cormeum," which means Here is My Heart. The song was composed by Patrick Cassidy, but produced by Cassidy and Zimmer. When I heard "Vide Corbeum during the movie, I spent some time afterwards trying to figure out its origin, thinking it had to be from a real opera. I was shocked and then amazed to find out it was created just for the movie. The song first appeared in Hannibal, while Dr. Hannibal Lecter and Inspector Pazzi see an outdoor opera in Florence. was also performed at the 2002 Oscars during a Lifetime Achievement Award to producer Dino De Laurentiis and at the 53rd Emmy Awards and used in Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven in 2005.
3: The music really is dialogue. It's, in fact, if you like, the final adjustment to the screenplay. And um, it's also the final emotional ju- adjustment to... Uh, my filming process, because the filming is long gone and done. And I can adjust the picture with music. And I can adjust, sometimes, they don't like to hear it, but I can sometimes adjust performance with music. (laughs) Ridley knows, for instance, to get me into the cutting room, and I sit there and we both, you know, with Pietro, sit there and go through the movie and, and, and talk about the scenes and what they mean. We don't talk about the music. We try never to talk about the music because they would narrow it down too much and it would be... Restrictive. Yeah, restrictive and using words for things that you cannot describe in words because my language, for me, is more articulate than these words I'm using. That's good. Now, it's a crazy idea that whenever the tenor is singing, that we get a little fuller. You know, because it can, it can give us a real contrast <laughs> The idea being, basically, when the tenor is singing, that we get a little more masculine in the bottom end. Sorry, ladies. So, in fact... Oh, I got di- that.
2: The diminuendo starts at the end of 22.
1: Immediately following Hannibal was the World War II classic Pearl Harbor, directed by Michael Bay and starring Ben Affleck, Kate Beckinsale, and a host of other stars. Here are parts of two memorable tracks from Pearl Harbor, Tennessee and Brothers. After the movie was out, Hans recounts, I'm slightly embarrassed about the movie, but one of the composers I've always admired was Elmer Bernstein. After the movie came out, I got this letter from Elmer that was unbelievable. It said, what a great score, what a great work, etc. So I've always loved this movie because I got this amazing letter from somebody I've been a fan of all my life.
0: It's alright, you don't.
2: It's alright, you don't. you
1: Another 2001 blockbuster was the film Black Hawk Down, a second Ridley Scott-directed film in the same year. 123 elite U.S. Army Rangers are helicopter-dropped into war-torn Mogadishu to capture two top lieutenants of a renegade warlord. Instead, they find themselves in a desperate battle against a well-armed force of Somalis. Tom Zimmer won an ASCAP award for the music which again included more culturally diverse sounds. The year 2002 was another light year for Hans Zimmer with only one significant film score, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. In this animated film, a wild stallion travels across the frontiers of the Old West, befriending a young human and finding true love with a mare. Matt Damon and James Cromwell lent their voices to this effort. Here is... I Will Always Return. I
0: hear the wind call your name. It calls me back home again. It sparks up a fire, a flame that still burns. Oh, it's to you I'll always return. Yeah.
1: Ryan Adams and Hans Zimmer co-composed the soundtrack to Spirit and took home an ASCAP award for film music. All told, Hans has won 11 ASCAP awards for top box office films. The year 2002 also saw the release of The Ring, about a young journalist that investigates a mysterious videotape that seems to cause the death of anyone within a week of viewing it. The year 2003 saw Hans Zimmer's participation in the films Tears of the Sun, Matchstick Men, The Last Samurai, and Something's Gotta Give. Of these, let me mention The Last Samurai, starring Tom Cruise as Captain Nathan Algrim, a cynical Civil War veteran hero who will work for anyone, and Ken Watanabe as Japanese samurai Katsumoto who slowly converts Algren over to the lifestyle of the Samurai. Here is a track called A Way of Life. Hans relates this funny anecdote about his ability to capture Asian music. I'm dealing with a culture I have no clue about. I kept endlessly researching Japanese music. And the more I researched it, the more I realized I had no clue about it. I went to Japan to sort of test drive it to see if I got it wrong. I played it to a whole bunch of people and they came up to me and said, How do you know so much about Japanese music? So maybe I should worry a little less. The year 2003 did see the start of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, starring Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow, Geoffrey Rush as Barbossa, Orlando Bloom as Will Turner, and Keira Knightley as Elizabeth Swan. First out was The Curse of the Black Pearl in 2003, followed by Dead Man's Chest in 2006, At World's End in 2007, and on Stranger Tides in 2011. By the way, two more Pirates of the Caribbean films are purported to be in the works. Will Johnny Depp return, or will he retire? As a pirate movie, Hans and his protégés have obviously captured the spirit of pirates everywhere. But I still think Muppet Treasure Island does it best. Now here is a track called He's a Pirate. First, Hans Zimmer was not credited for the first Pirates movie. However, he later noted, I wrote the tunes for the first film, even though protege Klaus Badelt was credited with writing the score. I didn't want anybody to know I was working on Pirates of the Caribbean because I was also working on The Last Samurai. The day Pirates came out, Tom Cruise is walking past me and goes, Great job on Pirates. Well, so much for keeping it a secret. track titled, Thunderbirds Are Go, from the 2004 film of the name Thunderbirds. The year is 2010. Teenager Alan Tracy, sent off to a distant boarding school, is the youngest of the sons of Jess Tracy, the retired American astronaut. Jeff, a widower, has formed International Rescue, and raised his sons to act as a secret volunteer organization, which uses highly advanced technology to save lives worldwide. The film was directed by Jonathan Frakes and starred Bill Paxton, Anthony Edwards, and Ben Kingsley. I've included it here since it is one of the few true sci-fi films that Hans Zimmer has scored. Another top film in 2004 included DreamWorks' Shark Tale. It was an amazing all-star voice cast, including Will Smith, who took home a voice Oscar. Hans Zimmer brought home yet another of his ASCAP awards for top box office film score. The animated story of four New York Zoo animals escaping with four clueless penguins to Madagascar started out the year 2005 for Hans Zimmer. Fun, but of interest to Trex and Sci-Fi members, was that 2005 saw the return of the Cape Crusader with director Christopher Nolan, Batman Begins. It was an all-star cast of Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, Katie Holmes, Morgan Freeman, Gary Oldman, Rutger Hauer, and many more. The music was co-composed with James Newton Howard, and they won an ASCAP Top Box Music Film Award. Here is the track Molossus. On co-composing Batman Begins, Hans relates, James Newton Howard and I have been friends for a long time. The composing thing is a lonely job. You sit in a dark room and nobody talks to you. We always talked about how the music needs to be played. Music is about musicians. Music is about interaction. Music is about playing together. We were always talking about how it would be fun if somebody let us do a score together. When Christopher Nolan asked me to do Batman Begins, I thought now this could be an interesting one to do together, because there's such a dichotomy in the character itself that it'd be nice to actually have two voices going on. And it really was two voices in the end. We were both working on each other's tunes and cues. Besides the previously mentioned Pirates at World's End, another favorite of sci-fi and fanity fans was The Da Vinci Code, starring Tom Hanks as symbologist Robert Langdon, which arrived in theaters in 2006. Starting with a hidden code in Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa, Langdon unravels secrets that could shake the foundations of mankind. One of the most beautiful tracks in this movie is the Chevaliers du Sangreal. Let's listen.
0: Essentially, it's a grail quest and offers the heroes a sense of discovery, enlightenment.
3: They're tested in ways that they never would have been tested otherwise. At its fundamental level, it works as a thriller.
2: Professor Langdon, you're in grave danger.
3: But there is something that touches people which is deeper. The secret so powerful that if revealed, it would devastate the very foundations of mankind and uh, reawakened something that they might not have even thought of since childhood.
0: With each film, uh, you know, I
3: really feel that the music has a chance to be another character. It's the music's job to sort of invite your soul back into to let you complete this journey as an audience.
1: So the music is very modern in places, very emotional. in in
3: places sometimes reflecting history, sometimes dealing with the inner terror uh, or the character's personal histories. I am sending a man on a journey of realizing something about himself. Really, his journey is a knight's journey, but he doesn't know that.
0: I'm into something here that I cannot understand.
3: I think one of the great things about the Robert Langan character is, is that his adventure, his action, is him thinking. Demons, omens, codes, monks. I was trying to get this cold, cynical, intellectual to discover something that gets taken from you by thinking too much. The only thing that matters is what you believe. Hans has a very big appetite for complicated, challenging pieces. As a composer, he's got his hands full with this one. It's been this incredible balancing act between trying to maintain the idea of a thriller at the same time, trying to write something which is a bit more otherworldly as well. I had a cast of, 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 of tremendous people working on this who were really into this. Ultimately, the whole thing became about Ron letting me loose and letting me be inventive. And you know, I put as much of myself into this as I ever have.
1: The year 2007 brought only two film scores for Hans, one of which was The Simpson Movie. Here is one piece of fun from that movie. Jones was back in a fury in 2008. Coming out were Kung Fu Panda, The Dark Knight, Frost Nixon, and Madagascar 2, Escape to Africa. And the British TV show Going for Gold reprised on the telly with his earlier days theme song. In DreamWorks animated Kung Fu Panda, Jack Black plays Poe the bear who wants to be a Kung Fu master, along with an all-star voice cast of Dustin Hoffman, Angelina Jolie, Jackie Chan, Seth Rogen, Lucy Liu, and others. Protege John Powell co composed the score with Hans Zimmer. Here is the track Hero. Then came The Dark Knight in 2008. Much of the cast reprised their roles from Batman Begins, including Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, and Gary Oldman. However, many would say that the role of the Joker, creatively portrayed by Heath Ledger, was the top character in the movie. Let's listen to Hans talk about the background for this dark movie.
3: I didn't want to write a summer blockbuster, happy, indulgent score. I wanted something that was truly provocative and, and people could truly hate. You know, I made the conscious decision to go out there onto the edge. You know, that was the first step I took, you know, and, and the great thing about working with Chris is when I go, maybe I'm going a little too far for the deep end, he'll push me a little further. I was trying to get it down to the most minimal thing that could say exactly what I wanted to say, so that whenever you would only hear a hint, I mean, you can hear a a second of this thing, and you know the Joker's, you know, lurking somewhere. Just different fragments and different ideas, and there are literally thousands of them. You know, I was trying to throw everything away that, that, you know, you associate with, you know, the bad guy or something like this. I was trying to come up with a really fresh approach. And then really I took the idea of anarchy, you know, somebody who has that philosophy, what that does and that fearlessness. And I thought, what if I can define a character in one note? Actually, it's two notes that clash beautifully with each other make it really like a taut string that that gets tighter and tighter, but never breaks. Ultimately, it was the cello that did it. Take your time. And everything had to be very close to you. You know, it had to whisper in your ear more more than scream. Because I think one of the great things about the Joker is he draws you in. He keeps drawing you in into the performance. He keeps drawing you in into his world. He keeps drawing you in into his ideas.
1: Hans was so very innovative with the music for this movie. I'm going to now include parts of two tracks: Aggressive Expansion and Why So Serious. out in 2009 was the movie Angels and Demons. Once again, symbologist Robert Langdon, played by Tom Hanks, returns to solve another murder mystery and to prevent a massive terrorist attack against the Vatican. An assassin working for the Illuminati has captured four cardinals and will murder each one painfully, and a new matter antimatter weapon might cause unspeakable damage to millions. For two of the soundtracks, Hans was able to feature violin virtuoso Joshua Bell, and the music speaks to your soul. Here is the track 503, named as the year the Anno Domini Calendar, or AD, became the prevalent method in Europe for naming years. The second big blockbuster for Hans in 2009 was the movie Sherlock Holmes, starring Robert Downey Jr. as the title role, and with Jude Law as the ever-supporting Dr. Watson. Let's listen once again to Hans Zimmer as he talks about the music behind Sherlock Holmes.
3: The movie is about that friendship. The the music is about, you know, these these two brothers who drive each other crazy, but, you know, at the end of the day, they watch each other's back. Get that out of my face. It's not in your face, it's in my hand. Get what's in your hand out of my face. Man, when I saw this thing the first time, I mean, that that was the epiphany for me. The acting was amazing, but the quirkiness was great. The, the, The humor was great, and that's the thing I really loved.
2: I need you to find someone.
1: Now that you're sitting comfortably, I
3: shall begin. What we were trying to do with the score is we were never trying to be bland. We were never trying to go to some lowest common denominator. We were always trying to reinvent. Game is a foot. The game is a foot in the writing. The game is a foot in the filming. And I thought it was very interesting to have somebody like Guy come on board with this. Because if you look at his movies, there's action, there's human, there, there are all these things. But really... They're always about a game, and they're always about a puzzle, and there's always about somebody trying to solve something. In them. I do think making a movie, in a way, is like being in a band. You know, I mean, we're all relying on each other. What was fun, when Guy would come over, I'd sit there, play the piano, and he'd direct me, you know, and we actually came up with things truly together, and I really like that. I, li- I like that soft band atmosphere, and it's hugely experimental, and, and it's hugely fun. It was a very collaborative thing.
1: Well, we are nearly up to date in this podcast on the music of Hans Zimmer. In 2010, besides composing some of the music to the 10-part HBO TV miniseries, The Pacific, Hans also composed the music to Inception and Megamind. Hans Zimmer also received a star at the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which he dedicated to his mother and to his publicist, Ronnie Chasson. Who had been shot as she drove through Beverly Hills. Zimmer thanked his family for putting up with his work saying, I know it is no picnic. In Inception, Hans once again collaborated with director Christopher Nolan. Leonardo DiCaprio plays Dom Cobb, a skilled thief who can use sleep and the art of extraction to steal valuable secrets from the subconscious dream state of his victims. This sci-fi thriller cost about $160 million to make, but has grossed nearly a billion worldwide. Hans won a Saturn Award for Best Music from the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Here is my favorite track from Inception titled, Time... The second major film for Hans Zimmer in 2010 was the animated film Megamind. Super-villain Megamind finally defeats his nemesis superhero Metro Man, but quickly finds life is meaningless without significant work. The music didn't win any awards, but it is fun nonetheless. It is now the year 2011, and Hans has stopped slowed down a bit. I haven't mentioned it, but Zimmer has composed music for two video games, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 in 2009 and Crisis 2 in 2011. This year's Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides was composed by Hans, and Kung Fu Panda 2 was composed by both John Powell and Hans Zimmer. Earlier in the year, we saw the release of the fun 3D animated movie Rango, voiced by Johnny Depp. There's one track I like in Verango called We Ride. Really. What do we do now, Sheriff? Now
2: we ride.
1: Well, there you are, a short history of the music of Hans Zimmer. How could I possibly do justice to all the work Hans has completed since 1984 in one podcast? He has all the awards and money he'll ever need, and yet he still works 18-hour days and takes on more projects than practically any other composer. He would be the first to say he does it because music is his friend. He has helped pave the way for some of today's most well-known and successful composers including John Powell, Harry Gregson-Williams, Steve Jablonski, Ramin Djawadi, Mark Mancina, and Klaus Bedelt. What is in the future for Hans? Hans is currently working on scores for Sherlock Holmes' A Game of Shadows in post-production for later this year, Madagascar 3 in post-production and due out in 2012, and The Dark Knight Rises, which is filming and also scheduled for 2012. Well, that's it for this music and sci-fi music guest host segment about Hans Zimmer. I hope you are as big a fan of Hans Zimmer's music as I am. I want to thank Rico for giving me this guest host slot, and for your listening. Next week on November 20th, Rico will return to cover Enterprise Episode 9 of Season 3, titled North Star this episode, Enterprise investigates an unknown colony with humans who still live in a Wild West life. They seem to be suppressing an alien race, and you'll have fun seeing Captain Archer play a cowboy. I'm sure Rico would love it if you would send your comments to include in that podcast. For now, this is Bartok signing off.